Every woman has a relationship with Aunt Flo. That's the name the women in my family gave her. Maybe yours did too. But what happens when that relationship gets complicated? What's your overreaction? Welcome to your safe space to wrestle, reconcile, relish, and rejoice in the complicated relationship we have with our reproductive health. It's storytelling with a side of science. You're now listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Hey y'all, this is your chief storyteller, Tanil Daniels, and I would like to welcome you to the Overreaction Podcast. (sighs) I'm back again. I could get used to this. You all could probably get used to this. This is the last week I'm going to mention anything about consistency, but I felt like, you know, three weeks in a row, I'm almost at habit forming time, as they say. Anyway, welcome to this week's episode. Um, I really don't have any like major life updates this week, but I do have more so reflections and thoughts um, that I want to share with you that I've had over the past week. So, In the midst of going through this single mother by choice journey, it has been so easy to be laser focused on it that other things that I want and desire can get lost in the process. For me this week, my desire for companionship, relationship, and partnership in that order bubbled back to the surface. Yes, I'm on this fertility journey, But is it possible for me to be on more than one journey at a time? Both of these journeys require me to be open, to be vulnerable, to lay my heart on the line. Can I do both? I want to. Does that mean I go back to online dating? Y'all, we're still in the midst of this pandemic and it seems like the only logical way since my friends and you, the listeners, have not yet found anyone to set me up with. (laughs) Just kidding. Not really. But I haven't had much success with online dating. But what does Cardi B say? Knock me down nine times, I get up ten. As much as choosing to go on this single mother by choice journey is definitely an independent woman move, I am not one of those independent women that will say they don't need a man for anything. I want to almost fall asleep on the phone. I want to go on cool dates and more. But that requires effort that I need to muster up in the midst of everything else that's going on. And again, these two journeys require a lot of emotional um, attention. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. My other reflection for this week is based on a sermon that Bishop T.D. Jakes preached called The Unexpected. There was a lot packed in there, but one thing he talked about at the very beginning of the sermon was about how God answers us or answers our prayers at our level of expectation. He said some of us will pray, God bless me, without specifics. And that God answers our prayers at the level of our expectation. If we expect the miraculous, God can deliver miracles. If we expect the status quo, God can deliver mediocrity. My prayers have not been at the level of expectation that I'm expecting God to bless me with in 2022. 
There are times when I do or do not do certain things to protect myself from disappointment. If I ask God for something more general, anything he blesses me with will feel like a win. If I ask him for something super specific that requires crazy faith and he doesn't answer that prayer in the way I asked, that can lead to disappointment and feel like a loss. It is really all about my and your faith walk. During the pandemic, I feel like at different points over the course of the last two years, I have leaned into faith and at other times I have felt disconnected from it. With all that I want God to do in my life in 2022, there is no time to disconnect. It's time to lean in. Bishop Jakes also said that 2022 is the year to expect the unexpected. And I'm just going to do that. Expect the unexpected. With that, let's lean into this episode. It's story time. On the last episode, 23andT, I shared some of my genetic and medical factors that had to be considered when selecting a sperm donor. I ended the episode asking you, the listeners, what should be on my baby daddy shopping list? Considering when you're selecting a sperm donor, there are so many characteristics you can consider or look for as you go through the selection process. The question that I was really interested in knowing is whether or not my listeners would choose to use the same characteristics that they would look for in a partner, a spouse, a significant other. I was talking about dating earlier. Is my husband slash life partner shopping list the same as my baby daddy list? We'll get into that a little bit later. There was one question mostly everyone I shared my desire to go on this single mother by choice journey with asked. This is episode four. Don't you have someone? They would say, don't you have someone you could ask to be the father of this child? A straight male friend or maybe a gay male friend or an ex-boyfriend? My family and friends knew that the one thing I would want to give my child if I could was them knowing their father. Having a deeper sense of where they came from and the other half of their DNA. And having this child by someone that I knew would give them more access to this person. Um, Even if the male friend or the ex-boyfriend, you know, chose not to be active in the child's life, they would know where they came from. That brought a whole other line of thinking into this conversation. Would I have an issue with someone I know being the child's father and them choosing not to play some role in the child's life? Would I question them and their manhood if they decided to strictly be a donor? It definitely can be complicated and comes with a set of pros and cons that you really have to decide what is most important to you and the child that you will prayerfully bring into this world. My answer to the question of don't you have someone you could ask would normally be, "Mm, no, not really. But there is this one person I may consider. Around the time I was first diagnosed with endometriosis in my mid to late 20s, 
And when I learned that it may impact my fertility, I was talking to this guy who, you know, was very supportive in terms of the emotional and mental toll that the diagnosis had on me. One day unsolicited, he said to me that if there was a point where, you know, we were both not committed to anyone and, you know, I wanted to have a child, that he would be open to exploring that as an option. I don't remember my response at that moment, but I'm sure I just waved it off as him saying something, you know, to try to be supportive in the moment. But that statement always would pop back into my mind. As I learned that I had low ovarian reserve and had to freeze my eggs, I thought if I ever had to use them, they could, you know, either be used by me and my husband or me and this person. When my 38th birthday came around, which is the age I said I would move forward with using my eggs if I wasn't married, I thought about that conversation again. But I wasn't ready at 38. I was still holding out hope that my person was out there and I was going to meet him soon and very soon. Well, my 39th birthday was at the beginning of the pandemic, which meant a Zoom birthday party and all of those other things. But... With the pandemic, it showed all of us that life is short and unexpected. And for me, it showed me that sometimes you have to go after what you want, even though it may not be in the order you want. So at 39, as I shared with you before, I set up on my journey to become a single mother by choice. The conversation came back to top of mind. But here's the thing. Me and this guy had been in contact off and on throughout the years. At this point, we had known each other for at least 10 years. This was one of those periods where we were out of contact. I won't go into too many details, but the most recent off (laughs) derived from the realization that we were just in different places in our lives in terms of what we were focused on and what we wanted. To be clear, me and this guy were never in a relationship. But we did share a deep connection and love for one another that was developed over time. In my mind, donor sperm was my option. Well, in January 2021, I remember the night vividly. I was headed to the hospital to drop off a package to a friend who was caring for a sick child in the hospital. We still followed each other on social media, and he had posted a before and after pic of himself after he had been working with a dermatologist. I was impressed, so I decided to let him know that I thought the dermatologist had done a great job with his skin. That turned into a series of DMs, which ended up with him asking me if I was available for a FaceTime chat later that evening, to which I obliged. I don't know about y'all, but unless someone has like really done me dirty, there is always a little bit of excitement that comes along with reconnection. For this FaceTime call, I made sure I looked comfy but cute since it had been a couple years since we had really last talked. It was good to catch up. You know how those combos go. How are you? How's the family? Are you dating? Why not? Blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the conversation, the verdict was that we were both single but interested in being intentional about finding our person. At that point, it wasn't clear if that was an opening that we would like to explore about one another, but there was definitely some of that flirty back and forth that reminded me of my fond days with him. 
After that conversation in late January, we began to talk more, not every day or anything like that, but we were in pretty more, or I should say more consistent contact. We had even talked about maybe meeting up somewhere to hang out. Oh, that's another important part of this story that I need to share with you. Me and this guy have never lived in the same place. And based on life situations at the time, even if we wanted to try long distance, I'm not even sure it would have been feasible. But we thought it might be cool to just meet up in a city for a few days and hang out like old times to see if there was any connection beyond friendship there to explore now that we were both in a position to make long distance uh, work if we wanted. During this time, that conversation he had with me years and years ago definitely was more top of mind than ever before. By the time late February, early March came around, I began talking to my friends about seriously considering asking him to be a partner in this journey. What did this look like? How would I even ask? What exactly was I asking? Could I even bring myself to ask? Should I even ask? I mean, there were so many things going through my mind. One thing that weighed on me heavily is that there is a history of alcoholism with him and even his father. And I began to think, is there a genetic disposition to alcoholism? Is it more environment than anything else? Did I want to potentially expose my child to this if there was some um, genetic disposition to it? So I decided to just educate myself. Um, During my genetic counseling session, I asked the question. What I learned is that alcoholism is more environment than genetic, and that in the mind um, of the counselor, it wouldn't necessarily be a reason not to ask this person if I wanted. Of course, I also involved God in this decision through prayer. And what I heard back was really more about me and less about the guy. God said that if you want to be a mother, you will have to advocate for your child, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. He wanted me to push past the fear and be confident and bold enough to make the ask. God told me if I asked the question, he would take it from there. I also wanted to see what my mom thought of me asking someone who I knew to partner with me on this journey. Y'all, she was not really for it. She was concerned about how it would feel if this man went on to get married and have his own family, or if he didn't show up in the child's life in the way that I may want him. How would that go? You know, ultimately, she felt like it could be more complicated having this child by someone I knew. Ultimately, I was obedient. The first night I planned to ask him, I was out to dinner with some girlfriends, and we took a shot of liquid courage before I headed home to make the call. He was busy, but said he would call me back the next day. I don't remember if he called the next day or not, but a few days later, if not the next day, he calls, and I made the ask. (laughs) Y'all, I legit was like, physically sick making like during this process during that during the ask anyway the conversation went a little something like this 
I appreciated our friendship over the years. I respected him. And there were qualities about him that made me want to make this ask. I told him that I knew that this was a huge ask um, and that I would be open to what it may look like. Meaning, if he wanted to co-parent, I would be open to that. Or if he just wanted to be a donor, I would be open to that as well. Ultimately, my goal was to have my child at least know who is their father and where he or she came from in terms of, you know, the father's background and DNA. Now, this is possible through sperm donation. You know, there's different forms that you can um, or approaches you can take. They're kind of like more open um, sperm donation where when the child turns 18, you know, they can get certain information um, about the donor, etc. Or there could be like a totally closed um, donation where there would, you know, be no information given. Of course, that is an option, right? But it makes it much easier if you know the person. I told him that I didn't expect an immediate answer and to just let me know when he was ready to discuss. Several days went by. And one day as as I was heading to a friend's housewarming, um, I think it was around mid to late March, he called to tell me his answer. Long story short, He said, you know, if he was to partner with me on this journey, he would want to be an active parent in the child's life. Given the distance between us, it would take him like a three to four hour plane ride to even get to his child if something happened. It would be hard for him to be an active part of this child's life if he wanted to see him or her play basketball or to participate in a dance recital, Um, or if, again, like I said, if there was an emergency, there was no way for him to quickly get here. And he felt like that would eat at him. And what implications did it have on our futures? We hadn't fully explored what we were and weren't. And if we weren't anything beyond friends, what would that look like with our future husband, in my case, and his wife? It kind of felt like one of those, it's not you, it's me conversations. He told me that he cared for me deeply and that he was honored that I would even consider him to be a part of the process. But given our current circumstances, it just wasn't something that he could agree to. I'll admit for a moment, I was disappointed. I didn't feel rejected or anything like that because I realized it was a big ask of anyone. And I signed up for this journey, and no one else was required to join me on it. I did what I needed to do in terms of what God wanted me to do. I put on my big girl panties, and before my child was more than an egg waiting to be joined with the sperm, his or her mom used her voice to advocate for them. That's where I find my peace with that part of the journey. And y'all trust me, God always knows because I told you we were always off and on. And by the end of April, we were off again. I truly believe God sent him back in my life for those four or so months so that I would have to go through this part of the journey. 
So now when someone says, don't you have someone you could ask? The answer without a doubt is no. And I'm fine with that. And alas, we are back to the baby daddy shopping list. We are moving from when you're at home making the list to when you walk into the store and begin to shop. And that's where this week's story will end. This week's song of the episode is Best Thing I Never Had by Beyonce. Although Beyonce is talking about a relationship in the song, I want to be very clear, that is not the angle I'm taking here. Okay? She says in the lyrics, I thank God I dodged the bullet. I'm so over you, so baby, good looking out. I wanted you bad. I'm so through with that. Because honestly, you turned out to be the best thing I never had. My other favorite line in that song is, Thank God I found the good and goodbye. As I said earlier in the episode, I truly believe God brought this person back into my life more so for the lesson than the lifetime in terms of him being the father of my child. In hindsight, I do think it could have gotten complicated. And don't get me wrong, the donor route is also complicated but you have to pick your battle. And for me, I had to remember, his plan is always greater than our own. You can hear this song and the many others that have served as part of the soundtrack for my journey on the Overreaction Podcast playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. All right, y'all, until next time, remember, stand in your story so you can boldly and confidently show up in the world. I love y'all. Thank you for listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Love what you heard? Go ahead and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Also, I want to hear your overreaction. So head over to TanilDaniels.com and click the podcast tab to share yours. Remember, stand in your story, show up in the world.